This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You're listening to Inside Story with Lee Chui Lin and Shamila Ganesan. Tonight, race, reforms and the civil service. First, we look at criticism from P. Ramasamy, Deputy Chief Minister of Penang, arguing that the civil service is quote-unquote Malay-dominated. Then we discuss the political fallout from both this and the PM's response. So tell us, do you think the civil service needs reform? And if you do, how so? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and today's story has a very logical and very clear starting point. So we'll begin there. Last Friday, Penang Deputy Chief Minister Dr P Ramasamy wrote on Facebook calling on the government to reform the civil service, which in and of itself I think uh, would already cause a little bit of a buzz. But his reasoning for it actually was what uh, really made headlines because he said that the civil service is now dominated by Malays. He also urged the government to deal with the issue and ensure that the public sector accurately and appropriately reflects the ethnic composition of our country. Uh, He also mentioned in the same post that Sarawak Premier Abang Johari Oping asked the civil service to be opened up for the non-Bumis in Sabah and Sarawak, especially the Chinese. Now, he's not alone in having brought up this call. Um, recently, G25 spokesperson, uh, Datuk Nur Farida Muhammad Arifin, uh, made a similar call demanding that the civil service be opened up to non-boomies. Um, and she told FMT that low salaries weren't the only reason uh, that discouraged non-boomies from entering the civil service. Um, she pointed out that the main reason that they are hesitant to enter the civil service is a lack of career prospects, as well as um, them facing discrimination. So we'll be hearing more about this from her later. Um, And she said that non-Bumis won't be enticed to enter the civil service unless and until uh, federal Sabah and Sarawak governments develop uh, and implement a fair playing field. Now, in response to this, to all of this, uh, the Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, has said that the government will not be taking the call for reforms into consideration. They don't view it as an issue at this time. Uh, he also added that the proposal was solely Dr. Ramasamy's personal view, uh, which the the Deputy Chief Minister has also clarified and said that these views are his views, not the views of his party. Um, he The Prime Minister also added that we shouldn't prevent people from expressing and forming ideas. Now, that hasn't prevented other politicians from, uh, from I think, calling for sterner action to be taken, not against the civil service, but against um, Dr. P. Ramasamy for his statement. So, for instance... Um, Hululangat MP Muhammad Sani Hamzan urged DAP to sack Dr. Ramasamy, saying it was not the first time that his remarks had put Pakatan in hot water, uh, saying that, in fact, these remarks had gone against the Malaysia Madani policy that was established under the leadership of the Prime Minister. Dr. Masli Malik uh, also posted on Twitter that DAP should uh, take action on Ramasamy before it's too late. 
Um, DAP, meanwhile, uh, as, uh, particularly DAP Secretary General Anthony Locke has said that the party had its own internal channels for approaching this issue. Meanwhile, Pasi Gudang MP Hassan Abdul Karim has urged the public to cut him some slack um, and said that the Penang Deputy Chief Minister had good intentions in requesting these reforms. Um, and yeah, and said that perhaps this is something that we should um, hear him out on. So um, I think we do need to mention at this point that Paikata National uh, MPs have been having something of a field day. Obviously, this is very much something that they would respond to immediately and strongly. And we have seen that, uh, you know, just kind of poking holes and pointing things out and, and using it uh, repeatedly in, in statements. And so because of that, I think, and this is a pattern that we see in our country an awful lot, where any statement that is racially charged, um, even though it may be, uh, as it is in this instance, not I'm not talking so much about the call for reforms or, or anything of the sort. Um, I'm merely pointing out that mathematically speaking, statistically speaking, um, the idea that that Malaysians who are Malay play a larger role uh, in the civil service this in and of itself, I think, is not a controversial statement. It, it's where it goes after um, that that takes it in a certain direction. But also then we start the inevitable race feedback loop because one person says something, someone else says, yeah, typical. And then before you know it, here's where we are. Yeah, because the, the responses from uh, Perikatan MPs um, and representatives has ranged all the way from you don't have a right to talk about this, uh, to, well, um, as usual, DAP slash uh, Pakatan Harapan is bringing up racial issues. Um, are they really the reps that we want to represent Malaysia and so on? So yes, um, nothing very surprising, to be honest. So we're going to be speaking after this with Datuk Noor Farida Muhammad Arifin, who's a G25 member, uh, really about these remarks, but also about the notion that the civil service is not welcoming um, to people who are non-Malay at this point in time, we're going to try and get behind that. We are asking you, do you think the civil service needs reform? Do you think it should be made a priority? Uh, if you have suggestions, what are they? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from mediocrity. BFM 89.9. It is 6.15 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about the civil service, uh, particularly following criticisms from uh, Dr P Ramasamy, who is the Deputy Chief Minister of Penang, that the civil service is in need of reforms because it is, uh, and I quote, Malay-dominated. So... This has prompted a fair amount of discussion um, on all sides. We'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Do you think the civil service needs reform? If you do, how so? Is it a priority right now? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, joining us now on the line is Dato. Nor Farida Muhammad Arifin, um, former ambassador as well as a member of G25. Farida, good to have you with us today. So Dr. Ramasamy's Facebook post calling for civil service yeah. reform has been very polarizing. Um, I, I'd like to ask you what you made of the statement itself and then as well as the pushback it's received. Well, actually, he has received a lot of flag for it, but I, I think there's a lot of truth in what he said. Because in my experience as a civil servant, there is 
generally a lot of racism, you know, against against non-Malays in the civil service. And in fact, if you recall, even the National Patriots Association, through their spokesperson, Dato Brigadier General Dato Arshad Saji, has also condemned the creepy racism in the armed forces and the emergence of, of yeah, mm-hmm. you know, these strange words like Malayu Kita, Orang Kita, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he says even the military commanders are using those words, you know, against non-Malays. And if you recall, I made the statement against about from about enacting a race relations act as a, as a, my response to the to the statement by by Abang Johari, the CM of Sarawak, that non that non non-Malays are not joining civil service because they're because of the low pays. I don't think that may that may be part of the reason. But the main reason, according to a lot of my friends who are in the civil, non-Malay friends who are in the civil service, their children do not want to join the civil service because of the racism and the the, the limited opportunities for non-Malays, you know, for advancement in the in in the in the service. Now, as a former civil servant yourself, what issues yeah. did you see arise from this lack of non-Malay representation in the civil service? Well, the thing is. It's not just it's not just non-Malays, but also Malays who are, who are who are not politically connected, who are also who are also being being, being you know not, are not a pass over for in terms of promotion and so on. Although there are of course exceptions, like for example, that we have had KSUs of ministries like Tantri Ramon Navaratnam, who was the KSU of the Transport Ministry. We had Tantri Rebecca Santamaria, who was the KSU of the of the of the MITI. Uh, the Ministry of International Trade, and so on. But, and, but I was also a senior federal counsel with the Attorney General's Chambers. And in my experience, my bosses, Attorney General Salih Abbas, Salih Abbas, and also Tansri Abu Talib, they were colorblind. They promoted many non-Malay officers to, to head divisions and also recommended them for elevation to the bench, that is to the High Court. Yeah, And in the judiciary itself, we have a lot of we have many non-Malay judges, and on the federal court itself, half of the federal court or nine of the out of the nine federal court members, at least half of them are non are non-Malays, which is a good sign. And of course, we have had non-Malay CJs like Richard Tansri Richard Malanjun, and and long ago we had Tansri H S Ong who was our Chief Justice, and also Tansri S S Gill who was also the the Lord President or Chief Justice as it's called now. This is, this is a new nomenclature, yeah. But as I say, it's just a drop in the ocean because we need to do more. As Ramasamy has said, Teresa has brought up in Parliament about about in about urging for, for more for, for, for better for balance, more balanced representation of non of non-Malays in the civil service. And she was shouted down by Amana MPs as well as Amno MPs. And yeah, I mean, you're, you're mentioning kind of um, the the various ways in which we've seen this play out. We're also hearing, uh, as you point out, about some people who've who've done it well, yeah. who've done it correctly. But would you yeah. know if there have been systemic efforts to address the issue of racial discrimination? Not that I know of. No, especially if you recall, is the Amno government, the BN government, who started this Katwana Malayu nonsense, you know, and using race and religion to divide Malaysians. People like Amno Pas. And even Basatu, the last backdoor government. And Malays generally are taking a cue from them. And they are being just as racist. They look at uh, Ustas, you know, 
who starts making all kinds of, of nonsensical remarks about Hindus condemning Hindus as shaitan and whatnot. And they then apologize. But then the damage has been done, it's too late. And they do it again. What we need, I feel, is to enact, is for parliament to, for the unity government to table, to enact, you know, in parliament, a race relations act, which will make uttering racial slurs against other races and a criminal offense. But of course, if you enact such an act, then we need to have enforcement as well. You have to get good enforcement. But the problem is we also have racist policemen. If you recall the recent incident where a Chinese woman went to make a police report about, about an accident and she was turned away because she was wearing a skirt. Now, it's mandatory for her to make, a, to make a police report when there's an accident, isn't it? And yet, what is the reason for the, for the, police, for the policeman to turn her away and prevent her from making a police report? Now, if someone wearing shorts, for example, and I wear shorts at home, and, and the person is attacked, doesn't she have to make a police report where she's wearing shorts? Do, do you expect her to go home and change into a skirt or a baju kurung? That's ridiculous. There is no respect at all for, for other people's cultures and, and attire. That is, that, is what I, I, you know, that is what I deplore most. So when we bring that back to the... Um... Yeah. The, the 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 makeup of the civil service, what are the quota systems yeah, that are yeah. currently in place for hiring and what measures exist at the moment to encourage non-Malay hires? Well, at the moment, 90, over 90% of, 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 of civil servants comprise Malay, Malay officers. And I don't see any quota system being being being, being implemented to hire non to, to hire more non non-Malays. Yeah. Unless and until you know you have a level playing field, you're not going to encourage non-Malays to join. Either the civil service, the armed forces, or any government institutions. They would rather work in the private sector where, where there's little discrimination and also there's, you know, the pace is a lot better. As a result of this, we're losing more and more professional non-Malays to other countries, which is such a pity, including, you know, doctors and professionals. The government, I think, the unity government of, of Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, PM10, has to address this issue very, 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 very urgently because it's really seriously getting out of hand. Um, you mentioned the Prime Minister. Uh, he has said that they are not going to be yeah. taking this matter into consideration because they don't view it as an issue at this time. Uh, what do you make of this, given this administration's emphasis on unity and inclusivity? Well, I think that's very unwise. That is a very unwise statement. It is an issue. It is a serious issue. And, and which needs to be addressed on, on as a matter of urgency. You cannot simply, you know, you cannot be in denial for heaven's sake. No doubt they, they don't practice Ketuanan Melayu policy, the Malay supremacist policy, but the reality on the ground is that, you know, there is a lot of racial discrimination within the civil service and many other government institutions. Remember the Bureau Tata Negara? I remember, you know, I attended one meeting, I was appalled at one at one of the lecturers of Bureau Tata Negara shouting away about Malay rights being, being taken away by, by the non-Malays and so on. Thank goodness that this Bureau Tata Negara has been closed, has been closed down. Yeah. Farida, thank you so much for speaking with us today and taking the time.
Not, not at all my pleasure. That was Datuk Nur Farida Muhammad Arifin, former ambassador and a member of G25, uh, speaking to us about the, the civil service and specifically the criticism that has been levelled their way by Dr P Ramasamy, who um, wrote on Facebook calling for the government to reform the civil service, saying um, that it was dominated by by Malays and therefore does not reflect the ethnic composition of this country. And we've been asking you for your thoughts on this. Do you think the civil service needs reform and how so? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So uh, the messages are already pouring in. Right. Um, actually, let's start with this one, which directly relates to the statement from uh, Ravasamy, right? So KW says, do we need civil service reform? Yes. Do we need to talk about it now? Heck no. This Ramasamy is a liability to DAP and the unity government. That's why the government fell the first time. This is so interesting, partly because this is our entire second angle today. Um, after the 7 o'clock news, we're going to be speaking with um, Ben Sufian um, from the Medica Centre about this very thing. Because, of course, this is, again, not the first time that we have heard statements like this made. And specifically about the perceived position and... Um, I guess not weakness. Weakness is not the word I'm looking for, but saw points uh, that exist when it comes to this government and how it is that people can attack it. Um, I think that some people view this as an opening of, of the doors for certain kinds of attacks, certain kinds of statements. Yeah, and, and I think the the point about do we need to talk about it now is interesting, right? Because um, there are a lot of messages coming in that are talking about uh, the need for reform with the civil service, um, which I think would beg the question, then when would be the right time? And I'm not saying that I know the answer, um, but it does feel like an issue that has more to do with, uh, that that could be an apolitical issue, has become a political issue because it's being framed through this racial lens. Well, yes and no, right? Be um, because it's it's a few different things. I think that sadly, when it comes to talking about the civil service in our country, it is almost always going to be seen as a political issue. It's, it's near impossible for it to be viewed as apolitical, even if you separate it from the issue of race. And this has a lot to do with the perception that they are a vote bank, uh, a lot to do with the perception that um, you know there are loyalties to specific people within long-running members within the civil service. And so there's a lot of stuff packed into this one statement that I think um, these two messages kind of circle because Amar, for example, says, I agree with uh, Dr. Ramasamy. This is the truth. Why feel the pinch? And I think um, the, my answer, um, as someone who's not necessarily feeling the pinch myself, is that it's a complicated one. So when you say you agree, do you agree with the... Um, question of the numbers. Do you agree with that being the cause for the call for reforms? Is the call for reforms separate to the issue of race? I think these are the things that, that are not so clear. Yes, that, that's absolutely true. And I think until whoever who is in charge of performing those reforms um, isn't first worrying about how, who's going? How this is going to impact the vote? How this is going to impact their alliances with other parties? Um, I'm not sure that we are going to make a lot of headway when it comes to reform. Because similarly, Adli is saying, what is the context here? Reforms, yes, but is he saying Malays are not good enough to do the reforms? Ouch! And and that's exactly what I was trying to get at in the separation of the two. But how in this statement, it's hundred percent being conflated. I feel. 
Yeah, no, um, I, I can completely see why this is so difficult to talk about. Um, I'm quite interested to, to actually hear what our listeners have to say in terms of not just what kind of reform, but is there a time? What, when do we talk about it then? So, do you think the civil service needs reform, firstly? Secondly, do you think this should be a priority? Is now not the time to talk about it? Um, and if you have suggestions, send them our way. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Because freedom matters. BFM 89.9. It is 6.38 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about race, reforms and the civil service. I think that is the neatest way of uh, talking about a complicated story or summing it up anyway, because it all began uh, last Friday from criticism from Dr. P. Ramasamy, Deputy Chief Minister of Penang, who wrote on Facebook saying the government needs to reform the civil service um, and also saying that it's currently dominated by Malays and does not reflect the ethnic composition of our country. So uh, feedback to this was swift. And I say feedback advisedly because, of course, some of that swiftness comes from people saying, yeah, this is absolutely true. And, and what is the problem with saying it? Um, and others saying, look, there are a lot of issues here. Um, and then also political rivals going, well, <laughs> you want to talk about race? Let's talk about race. So we're asking you, do you think the civil service needs reform? Um, is this a priority right now? If you have suggestions on how the reforms can take place, we want to hear them too. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, I believe on the line with us we've got uh, Arul of PSM. Arul, uh, good evening. What are your thoughts? Good evening. No, I just wanted to put some things on perspective because during the colonial period, the civil service was fully dominated by non-Malays. Okay, we had a huge, uh, because the British did not take the natives as civil service, in the civil servant, and that is why, after, after Merdeka, there was a huge intake of Malay, uh, Malays into the civil service to balance it. And I think it's, it's correct to do that. But what has happened now is, is quite true as well, because now it's, it's completely the other way around. And recently, uh, I read that QPEC says there's no racial quota. Definitely there is racial quota. In Malaysia, everything from university intakes to, you know, uh, building, uh, buying uh, housing, uh, everything has a race quota in it. But what is more important is to have a professional civil uh, service, civil servants. We should be educated to, be, to represent all races, to be sensitive with race relation, and I think that it, it is time to discuss about it, you know, to discuss it in a very openly way, you know, and I think that, and, and, and even it should be quite balanced in the sense. Yeah, that's, that's my view. And I just wanted to say that historically, it was the other way around, mm. that, you know, there, there is a historical perspective to, to this whole uh, civil serv service in, in this country. Arul, thanks so much for calling and for sharing. I think that that's, an, that's a very interesting perspective, partly because even though it's recent history, sometimes it, not sometimes, even though it's recent history, it feels like it rarely comes up in, in discourse surrounding this. I mean, so much of Malaysians post, Malaysia's post-colonial history is pretty recent, right? Um, and yet it feels like um, 
it feels like we get so wrapped up in the the day to day and the more recent conversations that we do forget that there is a root to a lot of this. Um, and some of these challenges have uh, go quite a long way back. Um, meanwhile, we also have um, this from Munif, which I thought was really interesting because Munif says, I think politicians need to think a bit when making a statement, even if the intentions are true. Don't make it a Malay thing every time. Make it a fight against discrimination thing. Because as the guest mentioned just now, Malays without connections get discrim- discriminated against as well. For real change, a policy change, it is not enough that progressive Malays like myself, um, this is again Munif, uh, are on board. That's easy. You need to win over people who are misguided, uninformed, the ones on the fence, that's when you'll see results. I don't care about the proportion of race. As long as they can perform, it's fine. Currently, a lot of departments which interact with the police uh, with the people do their work in a way that makes work easier for the civil service rather than making it easy for the people. So, so much to talk about there, Munif. Um, I agree, sometimes these are... Um, sometimes... Sometimes these points need to be need to be put out in a way that resonates, right? Where that people can empathize with. Um, actually, just to add on, uh, Munif message later also to say. Rakyat versus government policies as opposed to us versus Malays. It's completely different receptions of what you're going to get. Though knowledge is power, the building blocks of knowledge are words. The nouns you use or how a sentence is composed is everything, especially coming from a political leader. No, that's exactly it. Um, I think that sometimes the way these conversations are had very easily separates and creates an us versus them. Um, And when we talk about empowering the civil service, creating a better public service system, it's actually for everyone. And I think to a certain extent, what Munif is saying is true as well, that if it was running well, we wouldn't really have these conversations. Yes. um, Or they would be framed very differently. I think also to extend that, um, the conversation of when to do, when to make it, quote unquote, a race thing, or uh, in this case specifically, per Munif, a Malay thing, I think that's very interesting, partly because. A, a huge part of why people have a visceral reaction and one that's not necessarily good or productive uh, comes from the, the 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 invocation of race in a way that perhaps, you know, you could argue isn't required. Uh, we do also have um, messages of people saying yes to reform. So, for example, Karthi says, reform of civil service is an integral part of reforming the whole country's administration. Instead of saying it's Malay-dominated and whatnot, I prefer if we can promote the best, um, the cream of the crop, to the top of our administration, then we can see our country grow. Well, I mean, um, usually meritocracy is viewed as the solution, right? So Neil, for instance, is saying very similar things. Yes, um, the longer the issue is left, the worse it'll get. Meritocracy should be the name of the game in all employment, non-political branches of the government. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot within that. But we also have people, I think, sharing stories about this question of, of race and how it factors in because, um, like it or not, and I think I'm I'm worried. I worry that we are on the verge of making it sound as if the story should be colorblind. And I'm not necessarily saying that. Um, and part of why I'm not saying that is because of voice notes uh, like this one that we got from Vaish. Thank you, BFM, for discussing about this very interesting um, topic. Uh, I have to relate a story uh, from my childhood. Uh, when it comes to uh, talking about um, this kind of racism within civil service. It existed 
even in schools, um, say 30 years ago. Um, so I went to a sekolah kebangsaan where uh, I was the only uh, non-Malay student in the first class. At that time, of course, uh, there was a lot of segregation uh, when it comes to academic performance. You're segregated to the best class, medium and the poorer classes. Um, and because I was the only um, non-Malay student in that class, I was asked to go to the uh, second class, or was it the third class, uh, to join with other non-Malay students so that I could have moral studies. So my father, who was a teacher, uh, met the headmaster and told him, it's okay, I can learn pendidikan Islam. And that is what I did. So at that very early age, we are taught that we need to bend backward. We, meet, we need to really um, conform to be able to um, be in an environment that is considered to be the one that we can thrive the most. Uh, so my peers who were there, uh, students who were Malays, they are all, I mean, they would have learned that uh, minorities do not deserve to be in the same playing field as them. They need to be put in places where, you know, they should be together in one uh, place where they can relate to each other. So when it has been present in schools at such young uh, ages, how do we then expect 30 years on when we these people have grown up and are, are now in civil service to accept uh, change? That would be difficult, I would think. Vaish, thank you so much for that. Um, and I mean, thanks for sharing the story because I think uh, many of us have stories like that. Or to, or perhaps it's more accurate to say that this is sadly not the first time that we are hearing stories from childhood um, that leave these kinds of that leave these kinds of marks, that leave these kinds of entrenched beliefs or perceptions about others. Um, and, and I'm not talking about you, Vaish, and how you perceive others. More that it it says something, I think, about your position within a country, your position with other people, with your peers? No, absolutely. I think um, so many points that Bayesh was making um, really hammers home how, how these ideas don't exist in isolation, how they don't just suddenly pop up when someone is working. Um, very quickly, Anil actually was saying it's all about the quota system. In Malaysia, it starts from education, primary school quota, then university entry, which then leads to civil service. Remove the quota system, it'll all balance out. Ooh, this feels like such an easier said than done thing because yeah. a lot of people would agree with you. And yet, I think if we were to instate that and then proceed to get into the nitty gritty, that's when you're going to be hearing, um, that's not fair, this doesn't work. Um, and, and just, I believe, Anil, that I have said this to you before, can of worms. <laughs> it's, this is a can of worms kind of message. Anyways, uh, let us know. We're talking today about the civil service and the criticisms that have been levied their way recently by P. Ramasamy, specifically arguing that there's a need for reform, uh, that the civil service does not, in fact, accurately reflect the ethnic composition of, of our country, that it is Malay-dominated. Um, we're asking you, do you think the civil service needs reform? Is this a conversation we need to prioritise? If you have suggestions on reforms, we want to hear from you. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. 
Be free minded. BFM 89.9. It is 6.50 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about uh, the civil service. Once more, we've been talking about them an awful lot actually. Um, but today it's specifically because on Friday and on Facebook, Dr P Ramasamy wrote and asked for the government to reform the civil service, saying that it was currently Malay-dominated and did not reflect the composition of our country. So this has received um, both support and pushback. There has also been some political ramifications uh, from this. I think people asking for DAP to take action, for instance, which we'll explore later. We want to hear from you, though, in the meantime. Do you think the civil service needs reform? And is this a conversation that we need to be having right now? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So uh, to the messages, um, let's see. Let's start with this from Samuel, who says, does BFM know if its demographic listeners compose of civil servants? Uh, why aren't there civil servants calling to give their views? Uh, secondly, regarding Dr. Ramasamy, truth hurts, accept it, move on and improve. Thirdly, reform is definitely required. Uh, civil servants are perceived as incompetent, inefficient and self-serving towards their preferred ethnicity. Um, and then Samuel's also making a point about AI and how something like that could really change the game, uh, particularly for the services that are provided by the civil service. Well, okay. The last one I'm going to leave, but um, Samuel, I'm not sure if you had tuned in to a previous show we did on the civil service and reforms. We did actually have a number of civil servants uh, both calling and messaging in to share their experiences. If you're interested, you can look that up. Um, and, and I think that... Um, I think actually your point about perception is a good one, right? Because reform reform is something that, as I said before, isn't just about benefiting people outside of the system. It also benefits people within the system. Because I think there are lots of people within the civil service who are working very hard, um, but unfortunately are tarred by the same brush. Uh, yes, I, I agree with that entirely. I also will just say that we have received messages and calls in the past from members of the civil service. So I don't know. Uh, we are, by the way, going to run a digital um, uh, a digital survey soon. So hopefully from there, we'll have a better understanding of our demographic. But for now, I don't have the numbers for you, Samuel, on this. I can just say that we do usually, we, we have in the past heard directly from civil servants, or maybe it's more accurate to say we have heard directly from former civil servants. That's more accurate. So that maybe gives some insight as to why we're not hearing so much today. So speaking of reform, right, there are a couple of people making very similar points. Uh, so Lee Jun says, uh, civil service reforms are needed. Civil service is too bloated. We need to trim the excess fat. Uh, the current ratio um, is 1 to 20 compared to Singapore, which is 1 to 72. And then goes on to say civil servants should be allowed to join political parties. Meanwhile, Eddie says, yes, our civil service is in dire need of reform, but not for racial reasons. The civil service is very bloated. There's a lot of dead wood. It's also inefficient. Reform needs to start ASAP in order for Malaysia to progress, toward, uh, progress forward at a faster rate. 
And just to close off on that same theme, Daniel says, I don't think the civil services need to be reformed, but they need to resize. The pension scheme will burden the country continuously. So um, this is interesting following Samuel's message about AI, which I think had a fair amount of snark in it. Um, But that doesn't change the fact that as technology catches up to a number of services and in fact to a number of tasks within departments, you could actually see a natural resizing. Um, it, it, it might not even be in the form of wide-scale reforms or what have you. It might just be the kinds of resizing and downsizing, um, more specifically, that we are seeing in every single industry. So this might uh, this might be a natural progression. And if it isn't, uh, then there are questions to be asked as to as to why and whether that's just because of the expectation of a large civil service and the expectation of there being jobs within that for people. I am actually very curious to see um, what kind of changes we will see to uh, these sorts of large sprawling organizations like the civil service, right, as we contend with technology. And I don't mean job replacement, but I think we do need to be looking at things like upskilling, reframing certain roles, uh, which can now be replaced by technology. Dr. Fazli says, hey, hey, frankly, in my opinion, the utterance of that statement will just make the green tsunami greater. Um, if those remarks hadn't, be, hadn't been uttered openly, then our Prime Minister could have solved that issue perhaps in a harmonious way. Doing it openly just does damage to the leadership and unity. I think the main reasons uh, why we might not be seeing that diversity among others, low pay and competitiveness. Uh, I think the main issues that highly the main issues that are most critical at this time that require debates and solutions are eggs, chicken, price of groceries. This is such an interesting message. Now, I will concede that uh, P. Ramasamy is someone who's got a track record, right, of making statements that have often been, um, that have often received both great support and a lot of criticism. But um, I think it also brings up again that question of, um, framing an argument Mm. and whether there is ever such a thing as a good time politically to bring up something that is so difficult and and, and controversial. It's also a continuation. So I I don't know if you agree, Sharmila, but I think that there are some political narrative continuations here, especially in terms of Pakatan Harapan and the spectre of 2018, because um, there is this, this is why, um, you know, the previous time you showed the cracks, you showed the cracks in public and then Everybody took advantage of it and this is where we are. And on the other hand, you have the Prime Minister, I think, giving an incredibly uh, level-headed remark saying essentially, well, we're just not going to go ahead with it. And also, by the by, um, he has every right to say that. And I don't want to tamp down on people's abilities to say that, which I think was a good response personally. But um, it that question of how much or how little... Um, dissonance and disagreement we want to see in public, I think, is perhaps for a different show, but it's an interesting question. It is an interesting question. Um, I do appreciate the PM saying, I may not want to act on this, but everyone is free to point out problems um, and bring it up. And I think that's important to say. Um, I do think, though, that he could have perhaps gone a little bit further and talked about, well, perhaps we're not going to talk about the racial element. However, Maybe we could be talking about reform because that call has also been around for a while. We're getting so many questions, uh, so many messages about um, AI because 
Chia Wei is saying so many of these services will be replaced by AI, by bots. Uh, perhaps this conversation, though seemingly relevant now, may be moot sooner than we think, which we actually spoke about earlier, right? That it may just be, again, that natural progression of, of jobs. Uh, Atlas also says the working culture there is not conducive. There are departments that file printed emails. Uh, the ad- adoption of new tech to make work more efficient is just not there. I'm not sure if this is caused by the daily firefighting. Also, the teaching and medical professions don't seem Malay-dominated, which I think... Uh, is a good reminder about about who is the civil service when we talk about this workforce within our country. Actually, this is completely true. Um, I remember in the previous show we did, uh, one, one listener pointed out that when we think civil service, generally, we talk about the front-facing jobs uh, when you go and apply for an IC, for instance, but that there are so many civil servants whom we never come into contact with who nevertheless do make up uh, a huge part of the the entire the bulk of the bulk of the thing so we're talking today about criticisms um, from Dr. P. Ramasamy, who said that the civil service needs reforms, that currently it is Malay dominated, doesn't reflect the ethnic makeup of our country. Um, after the seven o'clock news, we are going to be exploring the political fallout from that, um, especially since the Prime Minister has already responded, but it has not stopped others from calling for DAP to take stern action against P. Ramasamy. So, in the meantime, Keep those thoughts coming. Do you think the civil service needs reform? Do you think this is a conversation that needs to be prioritised? In other words, happening right now. Um, And if you have suggestions for what form these changes could take, let us know. You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Building fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. It is 7.07. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. Uh, and we're continuing our conversation now on the civil service and reform, specifically a call or a criticism um, from Dr. P. Ramasamy, Deputy Chief Minister of Penang and um, regular politician in headlines, who argued that the civil service is in need of reform um, and that it is currently Malay-dominated. And we've been asking you for your thoughts on this. Do you agree? Uh, do you think the civil service does need reform? Do you think this is the most pressing conversation to have right now? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a WhatsApp or voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, we have a number of people all asking us one question, which is very fair. Chiral says, "Do we have the stats?" Girish says, "Is the racial quota for the civil service and so on officially published in our legislation?" Nick says, "Statistics should be shared. Stats. People want stats." Sharmila. Well, we have done some expert research and basically Googled. (laughs) Oh, Um, sorry. Uh, Yap also said, I believe statistics will tell the truth. Why not show the stats? So last year, um, uh, this was actually uh, tabled. Well, tabled. This was actually an answer that was given by then then Minister in Prime Minister's Department, Abdul Latif Ahmad. um, And he said that 90% of our civil civil service are made up of Bumiputras. But that there isn't a quota in place for the intake based on race or ethnicity. So um, if you're interested in that number, it is 
over 900,000 uh, comprising Malays, 94,000 Sabah Bumiputras, 73, over 73,000 Chinese, over 60,000 Sarawak Bumiputras, over 40, close to 48,000 Indians, um, 2,414 Orang Asli, and then it's 800, uh, 8,656 others, um, the, the dreaded Dan Lion Lion category. But that's what it looks like. And then for um, top posts, it's, I think top posts actually, it's quite interesting because over 3,000 are Malays, 388 Chinese, 243 Indians, 74 Sabah Bumiputras, 53 Sarawak Bumiputras, 3 Orang Asli, and then 42 others. So, I mean, I, 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 as you said, I think that is actually interesting. And I find that the basically saying there's no quota in place um, on paper should answer some questions. Uh, but then I think there is, of course, the question of um, why is it that there is an overrepresentation, And perhaps that's where a lot of these contentions are coming from. Um, we have some thoughts that that have come through on this. Uh, let's start with a voice note on the side of things from Yvonne. Um, I think regarding the question, it's pretty obvious. The civil service does need reform. Is it Malay-nominated? Of course it is. We just have to go to any civil um, service or civil office and to, to realise that. But the question is that, is race going to be the topic of why we need the reform? I think not. I think we should move beyond race and just say that people should be promoted based on merit and what they can do. We should move away from this race issue and go into a merit. Non-Malays, non-Bumis will join the civil service if they believe that there is a level playing field, which I don't think that many of us at this point in time believe that. So, so long as there is no level playing field, you can do whatever you want and it will not happen. Um, non-Bumis will not join the civil service. But if we have a level playing field where people are promoted based on merits, then I think the composition of the civil service will change and it is only then that we can see a truly united Malaysia. Yvonne, thank you so much for that voice note. Um, I, I think that those are great points and, and a good summary in some ways of the tone of our discussion today, which is trying to separate and, and distinguish the points about reform and the separate points that were raised about race. However, I think where they intertwine again, even in your message, is that point about a level playing field. And um, we've also been talking a lot today about the, dis the difference between um, reality as we see through the, the much called for statistics, which is a very fair question to ask, versus perception. And those things are different because if you still don't perceive it to be a fair playing field, then it's true. Like, what is the point? Why would you go? Um, yeah, and why would you apply? Why would you think this was a future that you wanted? Um, because, you know, we heard this from our guest earlier as well, Datuk Farida, who pointed out that there is the discriminatory practices that may exist within the civil service. But then there's also the perception that it is a place where you're going to be discriminated against. And I think those things are separate, but of course they're related. Oh, um, so Zaiful says, using direct observation on race demographic in the government is easy. Maybe, um, you know, Ramasamy should have been looking for data on how many non-Malays are really interested to be in the civil service or have applied, especially in other services apart from health and education. And Zaiful, I take your point, but I also think um, that as we just heard from Yvonne, the issue is complicated. It's not as simple as I'm not interested. It may be that you feel there is no place for you. And, and those things are different as well. You know, 
both my grandpa- uh, grandfathers were in the civil service, um, you know, they, until they retired at a ripe old age. And it strikes me that they viewed it with a lot of pride. Mm. Uh, and, and I wonder what has happened. And this has, I think, this comes back to that question of um, the jobs itself. The jobs themselves need to be viewed as something that is prestigious and something aspirational versus now where there's a lot of perception of it not being perhaps the best option. We have some very nice, very clear-eyed uh, points of view coming through. So Rashida called earlier and wanted to leave a message. Rashida says she's a former civil servant and said we need to look at the structure of it. The civil service is still governed by the Pegawai Pandat Bear Diplomatic or PPD and we inherited that from the British. It's not suitable anymore. They come in and without any knowledge they attempt to implement policies. The whole structure needs to be revamped and on this question of newness or of uh, trying to to change things, to look at things differently, we also have this voice note uh, that came in. This is Sharon. Hi, just a thought. Um, Having travelled through Europe recently I find that the civil service there is made up of um, a lot of young people. So I'm wondering if um, Malaysia should consider a system whereby fresh graduates uh, or just college graduates, basically young people, are given the opportunity to serve in the civil service in some form of capacity or another as part of like national service in uh, for about, right. you know, for five years, three to five years. And that could help make the whole system more dynamic, more digital, because they are all digital savvy people. Uh, and I think having a base of young, fresh Malaysians every year coming in into the civil service will definitely lead to a lot of um, improvements. Plus, uh, when it comes to the uh, salary packages and all that, uh, given that they are young people coming in, transitioning to other jobs, the pension uh, the pension scheme can also be relooked. You might not need pension schemes for these people. Um, so, just a thought here. Sharon, thank you so much. Um, that that point, I love the. Like I said, I feel like it's very clear-eyed and and future-looking and not so much embroiled in how things have always been, instead asking, well, how could things be different? And I really appreciated that about what you shared. I love Sharon's suggestion. Um, I I think the notion of thinking of uh, civil service as national service and, and making it also a... And a place of opportunity for young people because a lot of us know the challenges of coming out of university and looking for a job. Now, if the civil service was something that was almost a place where you can gain experience, serve the country, why not? To close things off, uh, before we hear from our next guest, uh, Ben Sufyan, I'm a sucker for an acrostic. So Rudin says, we should consider race when it comes to civil servants. R, reliability. A, accountability. C, competency. E, excellence. R-A-C-E, race. Way to go reframing that narrative. I Five stars. Five stars applause. I'm so happy. <laughs> I didn't expect to feel this kind of word nerd happiness um, <laughs> at 7.16 as we close off talking about race once more. Um, all right. After this, we're going to be speaking with uh, Ben Sufian, Program Director of Medica Centre, to talk about the politics of all of this. But we want to keep hearing from you, of course. Um, do you think the civil service needs reform? And if you do, how so? Do you think it's an urgent discussion? Call double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bringing fresh meaning.
BFM 89.9. It is 7.17 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We've been talking today about uh, the civil service and reforms and unfortunately race. Uh, and this came because of a post that was written by Dr. P. Ramasamy, uh, Penang Deputy Chief Minister, who called on the government to reform the civil service, um, saying that it was Malay-dominated, uh, saying that it did not reflect the ethnic composition of the country. And uh, as we started off all the way back at the start of the show earlier, we mentioned that this was not just controversial among the public or the civil service. It was also kind of deeply triggering when it came to politics and political reactions. And that's what we're going to be exploring now. Joining us on the line is Ben Sufian, Programme Director of Merdeka Centre. Ben, as always, a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for having me on. So we've spent the last hour talking about, uh, in some ways, the criticisms and the pushback that Dr. P. Ramasamy has received after he spoke about the dominance um, that Malays have or are perceived to have within our civil service. This has been coming from both sides of the political divide. Some have called for him to be sacked. Uh, Can you talk to us about the impact this has on his position, both within the party and in the state government? Yeah, I think this is an interesting development concerning Dr. Ramasamy's statement um, the other day, and then the reactions uh, to it. I think first and foremost, when I uh, speak to some folks who are inside Pakatan Harapan, uh, I think there's a great deal of uh, uh, unhappiness as well as um, uh, some some level of anger. Because, uh, you know, for them, being able to form government again, and, and albeit in, col- in collaboration with uh, AMNO is um, you know something that was unexpected. So it's a it's a respite. It's also a second chance to give to be given an opportunity to uh, lead government and also uh, try and introduce the changes. And so I think a lot of the leaders inside Pakatan Harapan uh, have, in some sense, you know, learned their lesson, quote unquote, about making statements and also riling up uh, certain segments of the population, and in this case, uh, the civil service. Because I think if we set aside the issue that has been you know, amply discussed about representation, about merits, and about others, and just delve into the political realities of the country, the civil service is a very potent force, uh, not just because they are large in numbers, but also they are the individuals that will ultimately implement the policies and the decisions that are set up by the political leadership. Without getting their cooperation, a lot of things are not going to happen. I mean, we know that uh, you know, in, in many countries, uh, sometimes it is the civil service that causes the downfall of government, uh, and sometimes it's simply through inaction. And so I think there is this uh, realization on the part of the country's political leadership right now about trying not to upset uh, the civil service particularly in the nature of the statements that were done, that it is bloated, it is inefficient, it is unrepresentative, comprising solely of Malays and so on. Uh, and I think the criticism is meted out in the area of merit, in the area of how uh, improvements could be made with specific constructive criticism, then I think it could be seen differently. But it's also coming at the time when you know the government has yet, or is just days away from reaching its 100 days mark, and I think there is a, a great concern that whether or not they can maintain their momentum moving forward because as things stand, it is still a fairly fragile coalition. 
So speaking of that, a number of people have described Ramasamy to be, and I'm quoting here, the biggest liability within this unity government. What's your response to this? Yeah, I think, you know, many politicians, you know, I'm just not speaking about Dr. Ramasamy alone. Many politicians have to straddle this line between uh, speaking to their constituents who elected them, who uh, chose them on the back of certain expectation that they are going to raise issues uh, of their concerns. And in this case, concerns about representativeness, about efficiency of government services, and also the sense of uh, equitability uh, for you know, the various communities that make up the Malaysian uh, population. Uh, but I think the concern on the part of uh, government uh, leadership especially is that in many ways uh, there is a need for sequencing uh, for all of these things to be done. And I think the clear lesson learned from the 2018-2020 short-lived Pakatan Harapan administration was that uh, maybe it tried to do too many things too fast, you know, and then it upset many of the holders of power, the people who actually manage the levers of government inside. And hence, you know, if we recall from that period of time, this whole talk about the deep state, you know, which I think in many sense, not, nothing mysterious about it. It's just a whole bunch of people who decided that, you know, they, they are not going to work so hard uh, because they're not sure whether the government is going to be stable or not. And, and the other part that I want to bring uh, up is that uh, Pakatan Harapan, you know, won the last election, an even smaller share of the Malay you know, vote bank, probably less than 15%, one five, and that it was able to form government because of its partnership with AMNO. So without AMNO being there, uh, this government will fall apart again. And so there is a need to balance things out, and therefore statements that come out need to be measured against the realities of where they currently stand. So it's best not to undercut one's position and best to sequence and uh, think. And, and I think I think the uh, objective of the government is actually to convince everyone that they are there to stay, they are there to bring about positive change. And, and that means uh, uh, not to rock the boat too much. And I thought this is something that's going to upset some of the hardcore Pakatan Harapan supporters. So in response to these remarks, the PM has said the government doesn't view this as an issue. It's not going to be looking into the matter. Um, what did you make of this? Well, I think the Prime Minister understands that he doesn't have uh, the ability... No, he, he cannot entertain these things. He cannot give more oxygen to fuel this fire. And therefore, you know, he's basically setting it aside that this is something that the government is not going to take up. Uh, this calls about government being bloated and so on. So Because it raises uh, more concerns that uh, if calls like this are, are taken up, are entertained by government, it will create uh, another discourse that is definitely going to be picked up by the critics, the detractors of the government and the opposition. And we have also have to understand that the opposition, just as it did in 2018 to 2020, is overwhelmingly made up of the Malay electorate. And now I think based on our surveys that we have just released, we do know that the Malay electorate is adopting a wait and see attitude. They want to see if this government delivers on its promise on a stronger economy, on being able to address cost of living issues. So I think if the government is able to deliver on that over the next few years, then I think it can begin to work into other areas where people want change. But I think if they do not address the fundamental issue that's confronting the majority of the population right now, then and then instead go into uh, other other areas or other issues that, that create more 
dissension, then I think, you know, it might end up being a short-lived administration. Now, um, as you alluded to, uh, some analysts have argued that these sorts of racially charged statements only end up providing political ammunition to the opposition. Um, is this something that ends up making an impact on the electorate? Uh, is it something that the current unity government should keep in mind? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we've been tracking this data for a number of years now. And, you know, when we looked at the data point for Pakatan Harapan, when they first came into power in May 2018, and subsequently there were appointments of key senior positions, uh, such as the Attorney General, Chief Justice, and others. And then all those appointments were attacked by the then opposition comprising uh, Barisan National and PAS. The support numbers uh, for from the population overall, but specifically within the Malay community, dropped very significantly fast. And so that, coupled with economic difficulties and all that, meant that the decline in terms of public approval for the government and the leadership of that period, you know, declined very quickly, such that within six months, you know, they were already in negative territory. So, yes, criticisms that, or the statements that create or divide people, uh, that's going to play badly against uh, any administration. And I think the problem here is that some leaders need to understand that they are now in government, so they have to address the salient issues first. Uh, and therefore, they have to uh, play a more, uh, I would say, uh, measured role in terms of how to manage the expectations of their supporters, but also to win over people who are sceptical, not opposed, but people who are sceptical about the administration. And all of this requires time. So time is of essence. If the government is able to maintain stability, and that means stability here mean, means maintaining the support of their coalition partners, then there's a greater chance for the government to last the term and therefore, accordingly, also have an opportunity to see through some of its economic and political programs. Then I think there's room in the, towards the end of the term or in a future term for more far-reaching reforms that deals with the uh, social contract element of our politics can be realised. Ben, we have a minute left with you. So Anthony Lok has acknowledged um, the, the calls for action to be taken against Ramasamy, but has said the party has its own internal way of handling issues. Uh, what do you think this means? And also, how do you see this playing into DAP's reputation as such? Yeah, I think Anthony Lok, as the new Secretary General, you know, he has a tough job of first, you know, uh, appeasing DAP supporters who supported the party for many decades expecting reforms and also bringing forward a more equitable uh, treatment of the minorities in Malaysia, you know, coming to being that now that DAP is in government, uh, there is an expectation that some of these changes need to come soon. At the same time, I think, you know, he, many DAP leaders also realise that uh, they need to be really measured in terms of how they push their agenda because if it upsets, uh, the other segments of the population, it will destabilize government. So because I think what I think everyone in the political leadership has learned is that stability is a very, very fragile thing. And that getting the majority of Malaysians to support a common agenda, particularly one that deals with ethnicity and politics, is something that is exceedingly difficult. And therefore, uh, they have to, I think, at the same time, tell coalition partners and members of the public that the party will not tolerate these things. But at the same time, uh, they also have to convince their supporters that 
they are not compromising on the core principles of the party. So that's a very tough tightrope uh, to maintain. Uh, but I think, you know, time will tell whether or not if the leaders maintain message discipline, I think they have a better chance of surviving the term. Ben, thanks so much for speaking with us. That was Ben Sufian, Program Director of Medeka Centre. And that is it from today's Inside Story, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.